What's up, everybody? Welcome to Keeping Score with Tim Jordan and Brian Cow, where we keep you up to date with all things sports. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at tnb.podcast. Tim, we famous, baby. 34 listeners last podcast. We just got back our analytics. Amazing growth. Yo, what did we think we'd have? Like nine? And that was mostly family from friends, <laughs> and we had to beg to get that. You believe that? Man, things are looking up for us. Yeah, nowhere to go but up. And like uh, you were you were saying earlier, please, guys, the only way we could get feedback is from the IG currently. We're working on a website right now uh, under construction. But please DM us with any ideas or uh, questions or topics that you would just like us to talk about. And that handball thing is still up for grabs, okay? If you guys want us to do a sport curling, we were talking about that, you know? Yeah, and we're not talking about lifting weights curling. You know, we're talking about the sliding down the ice. With the brooms? Oh, you sweeping. Because, boy, <laughs> you know I can't do no chores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, all jokes aside, man. I would love for you guys to hit us on our IG feedback or whatever. We just want to make this the best product possible. Hence, we're working on that. Uh, we're working on that website to be more interactive with you guys. Working, we're working on a, a couple other things. We're on Spotify and Apple uh, Podcast now. Yeah, we we just did our Apple thing. Um, figured it out. It took me a while. I'm embarrassed to say, being the the tech guy I am, but uh, we figured it out today on our third episode. And we, if you guys notice, we have a picture up there so you guys oh, can see what we look like. Absolutely. I mean, we had to put like a cartoon picture because I, mean, I didn't look my best, but uh, I tried to. Yeah, man. You didn't look your best either, to be honest. You whoa, looked, whoa. You I thought I looked like, good. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the blow. Myself. Well, I mean, it was mainly, mainly because of the Warriors attire you were wearing. Ah, you, you look very mediocre at the time. I like how you set that up. Ooh. <laughs> We'll get into the worries later, boy, about my <laughs> predictions, okay? <laughs> but you know, here at Keeping Score, we got to keep you up to date with all things hot in sports. And right now, it's the Professional Golfers Association. The PGA Championship is going on right now, and we're entering the final rounds, the fourth round of the PGA Championship, going from May 19th to May 22nd. These are the last nine holes. Currently, with a $12 million purse, 18% goes to the champion. And the current leader right now is Mito Pereira. He has a three-shot lead on his closest competitors, and Will Zalatoris is tied for second right behind him. And it's kind of funny because all Will has to do is hit a double eagle, and Mito hits a par, and they're tied. That is funny. What, what would a pigeon get him? A pigeon? Just get him a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> but Mito is favored in the PGA Championship, He's the only player to score a birdie in each of the first three rounds. But unfortunate to say, Tiger Woods is out of the PGA Championship. He had to withdraw. This is the first time Tiger has ever withdrawn from any major. And he had his worst first round in the history of his career. He scored a 79. To par in the PGA Championship this year was a 71 for all four rounds. And Tiger came in the first three rounds with a 79. And it's, it sucks to say because I'm pretty sure he withdrew because of his injury. And it's it's hard to see one of the great ones go. Yeah, man. All this talk about tigers, pigeons, birdies, <laughs> eagles. Are we on Animal Planet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's just sad. Uh, age, injury. The reason I even know anything about golf or have the faintest of interest is because of Tiger Woods. All right? Like... Watching him win in 2019, the Masters, I woke up early to prep for that just because I wanted to see history. And when this guy actually uh, laces him up or whatever golf term, I'm, you know, obviously you could tell I'm a rookie, but uh, if Tiger Woods is in the final day of a tournament, you could bet your ass I'm sitting down and I'm watching him. Right. right? It's just it's just sad, man. Like, I couldn't tell you another like the the fact that you could pronounce Mito's last name is incredible <laughs> to me. I couldn't even I couldn't even try to. If, yeah, I mean, you you have to say it. It has to be with a car injury. Um, 
he came back after the injury and he looked, you know, he showed glimpses of the old Tiger Woods, but overall, he's been struggling. And it's it's tough to think that this could be the end of the Tiger era. But at the same time, it's like it's a good sign for the young up and coming golfers because I know someone wants to be the next Tiger. Currently, people are looking at the young up and comers in Justin Thomas and Peter Ulian, but personally, I just don't think there's anyone in the PGA right now that can compete at the level of Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas. They're just great golfers who it's it's hard to live up to that status, but it will be very nice to see the next generation of golfers coming into to see who can actually be the, the best golfer of our of this new generation. Yeah, like you said, a lot of these people who want to be the next Tiger, want to be and can be and will be are Three different things, okay? True. None of these guys that I've seen today, and uh, quite frankly, today was the first day I watched any golf, <laughs> but they don't have any charisma. They don't have any of the pull that Tiger did. I mean, Tiger, for a while, for a 10-year period, Tiger was destroying the competition like no other athlete ever. All right? And I've watched prime Shaquille O'Neal I've watched uh, uh, a little bit of Jordan. I watched most of Kobe, and nobody, nobody stood a chance against Tiger Woods. Okay, yeah. and he and and like you said, he brought a lot of eyeballs into the sport. And I use that term loosely because I'm still not convinced that golf is a sport. Just looking at the commentators today. <laughs> they didn't look. They don't yeah. look like they even know how to run, Tim. Yo, word. I guarantee you, the golfers that we've seen in commentary today, they. I don't even think when they were young, when they were, I mean, I would say our age, but we're not young. But when they were, when they were the age of like these younger generations, they didn't even walk to the next holes. Yeah, speak for yourself, man. I'm still 18 in my head. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. You don't look it. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. Yeah, but like I was saying. When when Tiger does come, when he does come ready to play golf, we're all witnessing history. He's three majors away from tying Jack Nicholas, and four from breaking that record. True. Do you think he'll do it? Honestly, I feel like he could have done it, but ever since his injury, he's he's not the same Tiger was that we're used to seeing, and it's it's not. In the, it's not out of the realm, but seeing him withdraw from this major, which seems like it was an injury withdrawal, it's hard to say that he will ever overcome this injury. Yeah, I mean, in 2005, he was only five away from breaking his record. And in that time since, he's only won one. Now, that one was magical in 2019, like I mentioned. I woke up early, and I'm not an early riser. And I watched this guy make history, and it was the most amazing thing ever. Now, for sure, I didn't understand anything I was seeing. And these commentators were like, ooing and wowing. I didn't know what they were talking about. It looked like a regular swing to me, but again. And I hope you viewers appreciate me watching golf, okay? I'm not a, obviously, as you can tell, I'm not a golf person. But I watched it because we do cover everything in sports. And I wanted to have a educated view on it. I hope you guys appreciate it. <laughs> you know, it probably would have been a good idea for me to actually calculate what 18% of that $12 million purse was. But I'm going to let the viewers do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you know, the funny thing about golf, like in the PGA Championship, they play from 5 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. That's a 10-hour that's a shift playing golf. That's a grind. That's imagine a grind. imagine the, the people who come and watch. You think they actually stay like the whole 10 hours? Just watching somebody swing a stick. I'll tell you this. If I was there, I would only just watch Tiger. And when Tiger was done, <laughs> that'd be it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize a lot in this podcast. And I want you guys to know, I really don't mean it. I just say it. It's just something I say. I, I really don't care about these golfers. <laughs> but Tiger Woods, I do care about. Because he did open up the door into golf for a lot of people. And he gave opportunity where there was none. And I'm a big believer in that. A lot of kids yeah. watch Tiger and and were inspired by Tiger. And 
a lot of these kids are playing right now because of Tiger. And I don't want to get political or uh, racial, but... That's where I was going next to, though, to be honest. Yeah. So, golf is predominantly white, right? And Tiger just made it possible for an urban kid, a dark-skinned yeah. You know, individual like myself, like you, yeah. made it possible. Maybe we can be in the country clubs. Exactly. You know, maybe we could be, you know, the upper echelon of society. It yeah. made us feel like that. And just the fact that Tiger's probably at the end of his career just makes me sad. And I know he's he's not a perfect person. He has a lot of scandals out there. But that man did open doors and those doors continue continue to be open because of Tiger Woods. Yeah, and I wonder if there's like a statistics of how many black golfers were before Tiger and after Tiger. Because I know Tiger inspired a lot of black black people. We didn't know nothing about golf before Tiger. Let's be honest. We we seen golf and we was like, nah, I'm good. But then we seen Tiger playing golf and we was like, yo, I want to do that too. Yeah, and just the fact that he was so dominant. He was, I mean, I think for a while he was the highest paid athlete. Yeah, he was. He yeah, was. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. And uh, it, he's he's a dear to my heart, you know, uh, multi-cultured. Yeah. Uh, grew up in Oakland. It's a melting pot here. Uh, and he's half black, half Asian. Exactly. Just like us. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm full black. You're full Asian. <laughs> but this podcast is half this podcast is blazing. Hey, I like that. I like that. It's our baby. <laughs> yes, sir. Maybe we should cut that out. Who's the mama? Not me. <laughs> got you, Tim. No, you're definitely the mama. Why got to be the mama, though? I'm at you. <laughs> yeah, but I just hope that Tiger comes back, and I just hope he wins four more. That's all yeah. I want. Man, If he wins yo. four more, then... Yo. Yeah. Yo, so do I. So do I. Mm-hmm. So do I. All right. Now, moving on to something I do know about and I do love and I do care about and I do have a lot of vested interest in. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs, Tim. Let's talk about our impressions so far. Who's showing up? Who's playing well? Who's not playing well? What adjustments have to be made? Uh, no particular order. What one player stands out the most so far right now for you? One player for me... Man, you know, I'm going to have to kind of jump back on his back. Uh, Luka Doncic. Yeah, uh, man. He, That's he's an been, easy one. He's been, yeah, that is an easy one. He's been playing lights out as usual. What was his last game? 40-something points? Or yep. was it 40 on the die? 42, I believe. 42, yeah. I mean, he's he's continuing to increase his um, playoff average per game. He's trying to he's trying to beat Michael Jordan. He's trying to be the, the He's trying to have the highest playoff average of the career. And... I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna do it, but he's on that's, his way. That's a good goal. That's a good goal, and he's doing a good job to to accomplish that. And uh, but I'm not disappointed in Dallas these first two games. It's it seems like this is what Dallas is doing. You know, they 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 like to lose away, and they better not lose at home. If they lose at home, I'm gonna be pretty mad because I'm I'm closer to going 0 2 again because Boston let me down. Man. Boston let me down. Yeah, Boston. Yeah, that, that series has been kind of weird. Uh, the first two games, uh, blowouts. Yeah. The third game that just ended recently. Wow, that was a that was a good game. And that was without Jimmy Buckets. Now, did it, it started off terribly for Boston. But they, they fought back. They're, they're, they're in the conference finals for a reason, right? Because they're a well-built team. Idoka is a hell of a coach. I, you know what? I'm just on the Idoka train because, you know, <laughs> who's his wife? Uh, Nia Long. Oh, my God. Nia Long. We well, just saw a picture of her recently. She, she still, still got it. Good, Ooh, yes, sir. Hey, well, Smith, you should have you been with Nia Long instead of Jada. I'm just hey, saying. hey, save that for our other podcast. But you know what? That's we'll true. talk about that later. That's All true. Right. That's true. But I will say, Marcus Smart loves giving the ball away in the, the final few minutes of the game and kind of ended the game for the team. Like, that one, he was just brain dead. <laughs> Lazy ball. Like, yeah, lazy ball. He just thought the ball was rolling. He didn't He didn't check if anybody was there. Lowry, heads up play. Yeah. Sh- stole it. I mean, the game was pretty much in hand, but that yeah. was the 
that was the complete momentum killer for any comeback. Yeah, that was like uh, the daggers were hit previously, but that was a uh, axe to the skull right there. Yeah, yeah after and that. Also, you gotta stop comparing people to Kobe. Oh <laughs> no, I knew I knew this was gonna come up. I knew this, this gonna... Jason Tatum thing, man. I don't know. Don't don't ever compare anybody to Kobe for the rest of your life. Kobe curse, man. Yes, Kobe man. curse. I just. I have to eat this one. I'm sorry, oh, uh, Tatum. I'm was sorry, it, Boston. Was it five points in the first half, or did he did he have at least seven? I think it was five points in the first half because I remember it was a minute left in the first half and he was at three. Now and you're he right. He hit a layup to get five, and I'm not sure if he scored any more after that. No, he hit a three to in the half. He eight hit a points three in the half. So eight, he had points. eight points in the final half. After you compared him to Kobe, and um, what was it? I forget his name because he's just Devin he's Booker. a nobody to me right now because the way he played. Devin Booker. But Devin Booker, after you after you compared him to Kobe, he what put up eleven points or something like that in his last in a, in a the right the, the game right after the, yeah the, the the elimination game yeah man it's <laughs> I was watching the game and I had the same thought Tim and I knew you were gonna call me out because I busted your cheeks last <laughs> podcast about the zero and four and I knew. That you were gonna come at me hey, again. Just don't say nothing about Luca. Just don't even don't even <laughs> speak his name. Like don't even don't even say those two words, Luca Dunches. Like if you do, I'm ending the podcast. We're gonna call it a day. I'm not even posting it. Hey, I'm gonna I'm, I promise you, I'm putting Kobe's name to rest. Okay, Kobe's a legend. Yes, I'm not comparing nobody. I'm not comparing nobody to Kobe anymore. It sucks because I had Tatum as the conference final. MVP. Did you know that? Did you know that they were giving an award away for that this year? For real? Yeah. In Why? the com- in, yeah, I know. <laughs> like they don't have enough awards. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But in the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals, they're gonna have a, a conference final MVP. I wouldn't I even know. brag if I got it. Like. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like. I got uh, the conference final MVP, but then either way, one of the two who got it is gonna lose in the finals. I got the conference finals, but I lost in the finals. Yeah, it's like getting a hand job, exactly. right? <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna add that, but we might. <laughs> That's kind of like kissing your cousin, right? But no, it's not. <laughs> I don't know what to compare it to, but it's it's not like kissing your cousin. Yeah, yeah. All right. If you win the award, what is it really saying? I oh. feel like it's one of those, like the new age now, like with these new generations, we're just giving them participation awards. Yeah, I, that's a perfect analogy. I yeah. like that. Yeah. It's exactly like that. No okay? cousins, cousins. <laughs> yeah, but he he was my favorite to win that, and my favorite to win it was Luca in in that one. Luka, I don't don't say it. Don't say it. Like just just, just, just take it back. Just take it back. Nah, I can't pick somebody else on Denver. I can't pick somebody else. Yeah, because you cursing these boys. Now nah, you cursing them. Yeah, but moving on, my player, my most impressive player. So far in these playoffs or in this uh, round is Jordan Poole, and I know I know you have a lot of hate for Jordan Poole, but he's playing great. First game's a wash, nineteen points on twenty six minutes on the floor. You know, played played well, but in game two, when we really needed him, he came up large. All right, twenty three big points. 70% from the field, 50% from the three, Damn. and as per usual, 100% from the free throw line. I didn't get a lot of 100% in school, but I heard it was good. <laughs> I, mean, I ain't going to let you talk about Jordan Poole without shouting out my boy Steph. Like I said, the only good thing on the Warriors. He went from shooting three for nine on the field from the three-pointer to six for ten. And then he rallied that comeback like crazy. I ain't gonna lie. Steph Curry put up 32 points. 11 for 21 for the field goal, shooting over 50%. Little man had eight rebounds. I ain't yeah. gonna lie. That's, that's, this, is, this is why I like Steph Curry. Like, he, he does it all. Five assists. When, when Steph Curry started blocking shots, I, he's, he's gonna be unstoppable. He's I mean, he's already unstoppable. He's a great rebounding guard. But I wanna... Do <laughs> you see how you change the subject on pool? The kid has grown up before my eyes, okay? I remember watching this kid in his rookie year, and quite frankly, he would not have gotten run at a 24 gym. Come on. But he's impressed me 
so much this year. Last year, he's improved his playmaking. I did not think he had any playmaking ability, but he's just proven me wrong completely. I always knew that he had no fear as a scorer, and he was he was woefully inefficient. But every single year, he works harder and harder in the offseason to get better and better and better. A lot of people say the same thing every year. He's the hardest working guy in the gym. You hear it in football. He's put 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason. And at being a veteran of sports, I know that most of that is just fluff. And, and it never really translates on the field or on the court or, yeah. But for Jordan Poole, he's literally grown up in front of me. And I hate to say it, he might be one of my favorite Warriors right now. He's the future. And Lake Up, you're lucky you're a billionaire because you need some money to keep this guy. <laughs> yeah. But that's a roundabout way to really get in depth with these conference finals. It's been, as I predicted so far, be, uh, in, in, a, in, in the Western Conference finals, uh, Warriors are up 2 0, and Dallas just lost a gut wrenching game two. Oh. Game one was a blowout. That that one you could forgive because they it was a highly emotional game seven with Phoenix and you know exerting that much energy and two days later coming to the Bay and playing the Warriors. A blowout was expected, but in game two they had a nineteen point lead and they blew it. Tim, yeah. your team Man. that you said was gonna beat the Warriors. Down 2-0. I still have Dallas winning this series in six. Warriors ain't going to win another game. Oh, yeah. they. I mean, for my your boy, prediction to be right, yeah. <laughs> my boy Luka, man. My boy Luka finna rally back. I mean, he can't, he was, he, he can't have played better than he did last game. 42, 42 points, 8 assists. I mean, how much more can he give you? 50 and 10 assists? I mean, he can do it. He's he's a hell of a player, but I don't even think the Warriors have hit on all cylinders yet. And Dallas played a, a really good game. And in all honesty, in these conference finals, if you're up by 19 points, you got to win that game. No, like yeah. we saw definitely... Miami squeeze it out without their best player. We'll get into that later. But Tim, let me ask you something. What do you think happened? Your analysis on what happened. Why did they blow that lead? No, they definitely should have won that game. Or they should have they should have fought harder to win that game for sure. Yeah. But like I said earlier, Dallas, they don't play good away. And yeah. I think that played a big factor. It's it's no excuse to to give up a nineteen point league at any point. They put up what? Like sixty seven points in the in the first half. The last thing that put up sixty seven points in the in the first half against mm. the Warriors blew them out by like forty. And Dallas couldn't do it because they just they had no heart in the second half. I don't know what they what they were thinking. Maybe they thought that. Do you think? Uh, do you put any credence to Jason Kidd's comments right after that that the Dallas team fell in love with the three and they died by the three? But they've been. They've been shooting threes all season. That's what that's what has gotten them here. They destroyed Phoenix. I mean, from the beyond the arc, be, yeah, behind the arc. But that's that's not what you do when you up nineteen. Like you you can't settle for the three at a time. If if Warriors started to come back, yeah, I would say shoot more threes. But we have a nineteen point league. We shouldn't just be throwing up threes. We should be driving in. Getting you see how he's saying we? Points. How biased? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if if I was speaking, if I yeah, it's pretty biased. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. I just don't like the Warriors. Whatever. But no, nah, but like they they shouldn't just settle for a three point every time. Like drive in, get those easy twos, extend the lead more. Warriors, we know they're a three point team. They're gonna shoot their threes to try to get the lead back. But there's a nineteen point lead. They still have to put in work to get that lead. Stop shooting so many threes. Yeah, but one thing I did notice, and unlike the PGA Tour, I watched this game in particular no less than three times. And one thing I did notice coming out of the wait, wait, you watched this game three times? Yeah, I watched this game three times. Yeah, Man. I just, uh, I just love basketball. I'm a basketball junkie. I love all sports, but 
And I'm a Warriors fan. I, you guys know it, but, but hopefully you couldn't tell that I'm a Warriors fan. But you but, knew the outcome of the game when you were watching it the second time. You knew everything that was going to happen. And I'm doing it for the viewership. <laughs> I love you guys so much that I watched this game three times just so I could have a... I see. Uh, this one is beyond educated opinion. But I'm saying... This is a master's degree level of... Normally, would you watch a game three times? No, I wouldn't. Okay, no, okay. I, I, I thought this was just like, you know... Something you're just doing in your spare time. Like, let me just rewatch again. No, I wanted to really analyze okay, the I breakdown, see. and I think I have it. After after the uh, after the first half, coming into the second half, I saw that they were switching on Kavan Looney and trying to attack him. But Kavan Looney is a underrated perimeter uh, defender for a center. He moves his feet extremely well. He knows the right positions to be in, and he's he, he he was a close second behind Jordan Poole as as the player that impresses me the most. He played a hell of a game last game, career highs uh, in points and probably minutes. He looked dog tired out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they mean Looney been getting some good run lately. Yeah, and the Warriors destroyed him not from behind behind the arc. They destroyed him in the paint. Because of their high-level playmaking ability. That's why uh, from from Draymond, we know he's a great passer. Stephen Curry, a very, very underrated passer, as is Clay. And now Jordan Poole has developed this. I think there's something in the water in the bay because... Or the system is that good. And maybe that's coaching. That has to... That's definitely a credit to Steve Kerr. Because these guys are developing before my eyes and they're beating... The, they beat Dallas using team basketball, not hero ball. Curry was a big factor in it. He will always be a big factor in any comeback because of the player he is. But we came back because we stayed in our team philosophy and the better team shined. That's That's my opinion on it. I ain't saying nothing else about the Warriors. <laughs> All right, bro. I know that you hate the Warriors for whatever your twisted reason is, but they played spirited basketball, and that's what we want in these playoffs. You got to give the Warriors their flowers, man. I got some peonies they got. <laughs> Where are you coming up with this stuff? No, my girl how? just bought some peonies. Yeah. How are you able to pronounce this? Mito, blah, 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 and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, I, this is all foreign language to me, man. That's that. super impressive. I got that accent. Uh, you should have been using that effort in studying up on the game instead of studying it up on flowers that your girl brought back. You know uh, what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. Real funny, huh? <laughs> uh, funny guy. Hey, funny guy. There's a reason I'm 4 0 so far between our personal bet and your what? 0 oh, 4. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for refreshing my memory, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny note, we should have a side bet because I have this unused Draymond jersey that will look amazing on you. Let us know. <laughs> Hit us on the IG if that's something that we should do, like a like a side bet, and then the loser has to wear the jersey for a week or whatever. Yes, please, guys. DM us on IG, tmb.podcast. You know, give us some feedback. Just not on this. I'm not wearing no Draymond jersey. But no, actually, honestly, if, if the Warriors... If the Warriors win the finals, if they win the finals, I'll put on a Draymond jersey. I'll put on a... What if I wore a Steph jersey? Nah, can't have it. Can't have <laughs> like, it. it has to if, be Draymond. Because I, I, I know how much Draymond annoys you, so it has to be a Draymond green jersey. If the Warriors win the finals, I'll put on a Draymond jersey. That's a deal. That's a deal. Let's shake on it. Yep. You guys can't see that, but we shook. Yeah. And he has a weak-ass grip. and stay with the funny guy funny guy yeah but yeah hit us on the ig that's the main thing okay what's our ig again tim it's tnb dot podcast like rnb tnb dot podcast closed mouths don't get fed so if there's something that you want us to talk about go over have any ideas we're all ears all right yeah, if you want us to talk about badminton. Ten- oh, I do want to talk about tennis. Once tennis starts really getting it in, I want to talk about tennis. Speaking of tennis, I won $1,200 in tennis on one tournament one year. Uh, French Open, I believe. 
$1,200. Still have no idea how the sport is played. <laughs> but I'm a degenerate gambler. But that just shows you I can get hot. And when I get hot, it gets, I'm like Curry. You got to guard me from everywhere, right? That ego is quite large. But yeah, it's funny because <laughs> I've, I've also been betting on uh, on the PGA and on hockey. I know nothing about PGA or hockey. I mean, I know a, a tiny bit about PGA, but I'm, I don't know like a ton. But I, I've never won money, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you were me, guys. That's why you were me on my last segment, all right? But let's get into the Eastern Conference Finals. Miami versus Boston. Interesting series. I want to say one thing first. Go ahead. I don't know what the um, the trainer personnel for Boston is doing. I don't know if y'all injecting them with something. I don't know if y'all feeding them something. I don't know if they're drinking something. But I need some of that because, you know, I'm in my prime age at 30 and my bones hurt. Everything pretty much hurts at this age. I mean, I'm not old, but I'm old enough for stuff to hurt. And I want to feel like them players did. It looked like Tatum tore his ACL and his shoulder at the same time. And he came back on the field perfectly fine. Same with Marcus Smart. He came. He was crying, screaming in agony over his ankle. And he ran to the locker room and then ran back onto the court. Like, I need some of that stuff. I thought he broke his ankle. <laughs> Incredible. They have that Space Jam water, man. It's like Mike Tyson. My back is broken, but he still won the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but they lost the fight, actually. Yeah, but it was, they came back. It, they made it a game. It was a laugher in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, I was catching myself on my phone more than I was actually watching the game because it was just so uninteresting. At one point, I kind of wanted to play 2K. <laughs> yeah, get mopped up in 2K. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. We could bet anything on that. That's Let's a, bet. That's an easy win. Let's bet. Viewers. Let me know. We'll play 2K, and then, of course, we plan on starting up a YouTube. Our first YouTube will be me whooping that ass in 2K, and then you guys will let us know what should Brian's punishment be because, you know, I'm not going to lose. Yeah, very doubtful, very doubtful. That's a 100% lock of the century that I'm going to win that, all right? But enough of that. And I'm going to play with the Rockets. <laughs> and I'm definitely playing with the Warriors just because I know <laughs> it's like you losing twice. Losing to me and then losing to the Warriors. And that, yeah, that's just how I'm going to do it. All right, enough of that. Let's get into the actual series, okay? My impressions so far are favored towards Miami. My And I hate to say it, it looks like our bet or our prediction seems to be off on that. Miami seems to be the better team. For whatever reason, Boston has seemed to hit a lull, and they can't get themselves going again. Uh, the first two games were blowouts Man. and immediately uninteresting. Game number three, though, was pretty interesting. Yeah, Boston actually showed some fight in this game, right? Yeah, game number three, it was it was way different than game one, of course. Game one, I know they didn't have Marcus Smart and Al Horford, but injuries they don't they don't exist in sports because everybody gets injured. And once I saw game two, I like two, that mentality. Yeah, yeah, they don't exist. Exactly, it happens to everybody. Exactly. And once I saw game two, I'm like, okay, this this is the team I know. But when I saw they came back with an extra healthy uh, game game three, you know, of course Horford was he was done with his uh, and Smart they were done with their little COVID protocol whatever. So, you know, they were they came healthy in game three. And for them to not perform at home was hard to watch. And I don't want to say... I still believe that Boston will win this series. Uh, I just... Them boys need to do something, though. Yeah, I, I'm starting to lose faith, honestly. Because, like you were saying, like you alluded to, injuries happen to everybody. What's going on with Jimmy Buckets, man? Oh man, I hope he comes back for Game Four because it, it the series wouldn't be as fun to watch. Like yeah, without one of the best playoff yeah. performers that I've seen in the last few years, right? And you know what? I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna give him the Kobe curse. But he oh did. nah, don't. But he he does play with a win at all cost mentality. True. Like a person we know, person that we know that we love. Yes. Yep. But I, I feel like that at some point in the game, you had to be thinking it. 
And that is probably when he got hurt. Like, you were thinking, like, man, this could be the next Kobe. (laughs) (laughs) Not the next Kobe, but he has some similarities for sure. He plays with a extreme toughness. Uh, you know, I'm not going to gush over him more than I have already. <laughs> but the guy is... Uh, maybe it's from Pat Riley, you know. But he's always been like that. Do you remember the story of when he was departing the T-Wolves and he came into practice, took up, uh, picked up the B-Squad, you know, the bench players or whatever, and absolutely destroyed uh, Car Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins... Everybody yeah. on that, everybody on that team, he just came up and put on a show. That's yeah, yeah. That's a that different was, yeah, mentality, that's guys. Got major respect for that's him. That's a I remember that. yeah. That's a different mentality. The guy is a pure winner, and he he knows how to show up. He does. He does. And I think he's affecting that team in a positive way. Yeah. That team plays with such intensity, and I know Boston gave him a run at the end, but. Miami held them off. Why? Because this team in Miami has a win-at-all-cost mentality. And that comes from their leader. And I'm not just talking about Jimmy Buckets. I'm talking about OG, Don, Juan, Pat, Riley. You seen him in there today? Looking like a mafia boss. (laughs) Like a godfather, bro. Dude, that guy, I don't I don't know how old he is. He might be 80 years old, but I, he can have my lunch money, tell you that. Man, him and LeBron are probably the same age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, a, a very interesting series. And we did say that it was going to go to a Game 7, I believe, in our last podcast. Right, Tim? Um, Nah, I thought... When last podcast, at first, I, I jokingly guaranteed a sweep that Boston was going to sweep Miami. And then my actual thought on the game was I thought that, you know, Boston was going to fill out Miami and they would get the gentleman sweep after giving them game one. I was really hopeful after this one, but it's... it's you see how I did that, viewers? I ah. knew that. You see how I did that? Ah, I'm me. just second servant of Crow. That's how we do ah, it at Keeping Score. <laughs> got him. That's how we do it at Keeping Score. We keep each other accountable. And, you know, we're, we're close friends. And you know this. We have to bust balls here, man. Man. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I really thought you were you were genuine when you said that. I thought I really thought you forgot what I said. And I should have just lied about it. Yeah, I'm a great actor, guys. I'm a great actor. <laughs> man. Yeah. But it is going to a game seven. I believe Boston is gonna show up next game. They have to to keep it an actual series. They cannot go down three one. Yeah, if they go down three one, it's bad. But if if Jimmy Buckets is out for Game Four, it's I don't know. It's gonna change the whole dynamic. It's definitely gonna change the whole dynamic of this series, especially if he's out longer than Game Four. Yeah, knee swelling. I didn't. I, I don't know if this is a prior injury or he injured himself during the game, and he is an aging player. But I think that Miami will still have enough fight to get it to seven. Yeah. To win. They're going to need Jimmy Buckets, okay? Yeah. Uh, also, 19 steals. What was Boston doing? They're they got right. confused and just started throwing to, to the black and red. And another player that really showed up that almost made it on my uh, list of most impressive players, Bam Adebayo. Oh, my God. Yo, he went off today. How many, how many points did he have? Uh, I forget exactly. I think it was, what, 31? Yeah, he had 31, 31 points. He went off. Yeah, I believe he had 31 points. And in the first two games, he only had 16 points. Yeah. Yo, t- today was definitely his coming out game in this series. Exactly. He showed it. He showed why he is a max level type of player. Yeah. Not just on the scoring end. He also has six assists. But all six came in the first half. Well, yeah. I still take it, though. Six assists from your center. Yeah. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah, he's doing something right. Mm-hmm. And... Al Horford, man, that guy can still play defense. Yo, he, he might be yeah. an X-Factor. And I know how much you love Al Horford. Yes, my boy Alfonso Horford. I just need him to really come alive, though, because he did it, He did his thing in Game 3 early on. But come on, Alfonso. Yeah. 
I, they'll, they'll be fine. Boston will be fine. It just seems so weird that they seem to get down by so much so early. And then this game, they, they were able to come back. But you got to keep it closer. You got to keep it closer than what was... What, what were they down by? 15 and a half? Yeah, Come on, yeah. guys. Yeah, we got to yeah. do better. That's 15 at the half after a two-minute spurt of great basketball to get them to 15. They were down by almost 30? It seems like home court in this series is not... Because they're, yeah, they're trading games. Exactly. Yeah, they're trading exactly. games. But, like Tim, you were saying, game four is vital. It's vital for Boston. And it's at home. And you know what? It was a... Breath of fresh air seeing that Boston crowd. Oh, they never were out of God. it. They were down 10 points, banging on the seats. I felt like they were like, they were, I don't know they how were to explain it, but dogs, they were, man. like, you could hear the crowd more than you can experience the gameplay on the court. Like, you could really feel the crowd get into that six-man position and play for their team. And the Energy. Celtics really Fed off the energy from the crowd. Maybe that's why Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum came back so early. Yeah. Or whatever True. they did. Maybe they heard them from the back and they True. just wanted to be out there for the for their team, number one. And number two, for that crowd. Crowd, the, the crowd, the fans do play a major role in these guys, in these high-level games okay the crowd could be the difference between a win and a loss in yeah yeah in a some small way that we can be right ultimately it's in these players hands but we as fans should do our best to affect the game positively for our team that's right? fans we're talking to y'all yeah we are this is a direct jab at you guys okay that was one of the best games I've ever seen from the Warriors, and that crowd was half dead for most of it. That crowd did not come back until the third quarter when we tied it 90 to 90. That's when I could feel the crowd. Yeah. All right? That's embarrassing, guys. We're down that much. They need you more than anything. And it's a shame that Steve Kerr had to tell fans to come out early because we weren't making it to the seats in time for tip-off. Get the hell out of here, guys. Get the hell out of here. That's a slap in the face to these guys who put their bodies on the line to entertain one, two, to win games for our organization. Come on, man. It's just ridiculous. What are they pumping in Chase Center, okay? The crowd is half dead. It's embarrassing. I think we forgot how to be a fan base because of the success, maybe. Because of the new stadium. Maybe it's the new crowd in the stadium. I don't know. I don't want to really get into it. But if you're if you're going into that stadium and you're going to watch our team, please be an extension of all the other fans out there. Fans that can't afford those tickets. I am a diehard Warriors fan. I would do anything for those tickets. And then you guys are over there. Laughing it up, eating hot dogs, admiring the architecture. Come on. You're doing everything but watch the game, but support your team. What are you guys doing there if you're not going to watch the game and not be a participant in the win? I don't know. It's just It just seems ridiculous to me. But maybe that's my old school mentality. And I don't want to be like this old man, Tim, always talking about the past and stuff. Because, you know... <laughs> I'm as young as back in my day. Yeah, I know. Back in my day, because you know, I'm I'm older than Tim, but I feel younger. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Don't look younger. (laughs) (laughs) The hits keep on coming. Funny guy, funny guy. All right, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to keep harping on this, but please show up. We're almost to the finals, guys. We're six games away from being crowned world champions. Six more wins. And we as a fan base, we can affect that. But if you're going to just sit on the, plop your ass on the seat and zone out, give those tickets to some kid that wants to to watch the game for the first time. Give those tickets to uh, uh, somebody that, that you know that has never been to the stadium. You know? Do, do something with that. 
if all you're gonna do is be a sack of meat in in, in that seat, the seats, yeah. fill in the seats, man. You wasting you wasting space. And and you guys know who you are, okay? Get up off your ass and cheer for the Warriors, okay? Jeez. And I didn't want to say jeez, but I didn't want to put a ex. Uh, what, what was it? If we cuss on this podcast, we have to put a what? A bleep. And <laughs> <laughs> we're not that technically sound yet, okay? Yeah, we we still need to understand. We don't know how to do those kind of edits yet. Yeah, I love how he, he actually did bleep and not said the actual term. <laughs> like this is our tech god. This is our IT guy right here. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm sorry about going off on that, but. Another topic that I wanted to touch on, is it just me or is the NBA a much softer game? These foul calls, so-called foul calls, I know you guys can't see me. I'm doing quotations right now, are in a travesty to the game. Let these guys play. Tim, we saw we saw a, a, a supposed foul that was egregious. Yeah, the NBA is definitely a lot softer than it was before. I understand why it's like this. And that's with what it has to do with a lot of sports or a lot of American sports. They're trying to soften it up just for injury-wise. They don't want people to get hurt. But sometimes it's taken a little too far. Like, it's taking if, the if, spirit away from the yeah. game. If I'm taking a shot and, like, I get tickled on my arm, it's not a foul. Like, it's just, it's not even close to a foul. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Those These guys are playing hard. I mean, I don't know if... I don't think it's the ref though. Refs. I think it's the NBA's desire to kind of um, take away all contact in yeah. basketball. But I mean, I feel like maybe the, the lawsuit in the NFL has affected that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was. I was gonna kind of compare it to the NFL too because I feel like it's it's definitely gotten a lot softer with the NBA and the NFL. And it has to do with injuries, the whole um, CTE stuff that came out. Yeah, NFL. yeah. I know that scared the NBA. They felt like they had to crack down on stuff. But <sighs> to me, I, I don't consider basketball a contact sport. I feel like basketball, to me, is one of the softest sports, other than baseball, of course. But uh, I just don't feel like basketball needs these kind of rules in place but I understand why they do put them in place because people can get seriously injured. But, like, let's be honest. How how often will you see a basketball player retire with CTE? Yeah, hear me out, guys. Hear me out, okay? I watched uh, a Bird documentary, Larry Bird documentary, a uh, few days ago. And this was an actual play. Larry Bird felt like he got fouled. Nobody called it. The, the individual kept following him. And he decided to get up off the ground, walk over to him, punch that player in the face. <laughs> and that was not a personal foul. That wasn't a flagrant foul. That was nothing, dude. They just split him up. I'm not saying we should get back to that. But just having, just seeing the stark contrast of, of the more physical basketball in the 80s. And, you know, I really didn't watch a lot of basketball in the 80s, just more highlights. But the physical play in the 80s and now this softer Play-Doh basketball we see now. But this is the playoffs. This is the playoffs. In the regular season, I understand. I get it. But in the playoffs, you let more go. And I think the NFL does a good job at that. Because I think in the playoffs, the NFL allows the players to, guess what? Actually play the game. Is that a novel idea or what? Man, no, you're right about that. But before we move on from basketball... Are you going to change your opinion about Dallas winning? Because this is your chance. Dallas in six. <laughs> Very doubtful. I still have the Warriors in that. Miami and Boston. I know I went on record to say Boston is going to win that series. But from what I've seen so far, I think Miami's going to take it. Do you what's still the, do you feel that? Wait, what's the uh, Dallas's, um mascot? It's like a horse, right? Or something like that. Or they're... they're... Their logo? Yeah, their logo. There's a horse. There's a horse? Yeah. Well, we're going to be riding that horse on yonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out of the playoffs. <laughs> I'm going to still stick to Boston for my pick, but I want to say from what I've seen so far, Miami looks like the better team. Now, that can change and that will change because seven-game series. 
But Miami looks good, especially if Buckets is in. 19 steals, that's embarrassing. That 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 might be more on Miami's defensive um, scheme than Boston's actual slappiness with the ball. Could be a mix of both. But 19 steals in the game, you're not going to win games like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still going with the Celtics on this one. And if I lose this one, man... I just I'm gonna have to give Jose his props for once in sports he was right about something. Yep, give that man his flowers like you should give the Warriors their flowers. But man, I got peonies for both of them. <laughs> and you know we've been talking a lot about giving flowers, but honestly, I gotta give flowers to Stephen Curry. He graduated from uh, Davidson University in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Got a sociology degree. Uh, this man can finally get his number retired. Yep. And we were talking about earlier, most marketable athletes. This guy is just a billboard. Like, I want him to be a role model for not just my future children, but the children of this generation. This guy, this man, after making God knows how much in the NBA, decided to get his degree. Yo. No, not many people do that. No, not many people. Not many he, people do that. He's yes. financially secure, but he exactly. he wanted to be an example. Not, not. I, I'm assuming not just for his uh, three children, but a lot yeah. of just showing a lot of like like we talked about Tiger. Yeah, showing showing these kids that doors can be opened, and you know, I don't know. That's why he's one of my most marketable athletes. Yeah, Steph Curry is definitely one of my most favorite players in the, to ever play in the NBA. But if I could sit down with him in a one-on-one, like, and ask him one question, like, just one question in general, I would ask him, did you get your degree just so you could retire your number? (laughs) If I could ask him one question, I'd be like, why did you get those cornrows two years ago, boy? (laughs) All right. With that all said and done, here at Keeping Score, we... Talk about what's hot in sports. And what's the hottest thing these last few days? Nick Saban's controversy. Did you read that article I sent you? Yeah, man. I read the article, saw saw a couple of other ones, and I don't know, man. I think Nick Saban, he been, he been putting a little too much salt in his food. That's what I'm saying, he right? He's putting a little too much salt in his You know what they say, right? If you live in the glass house, don't cast the first stone. Yo. All right. Yo. For you viewers that have not read or heard about this story, which hard to believe if you're a sports fan. We're talking about the Nick Saban controversy when he attacked Texas A&M. Talking about that they pay every single player on that side. Just to that? get the number one rated recruits. Do you believe that? Honestly, uh, it's not it's not far-fetched. I, I do believe it. I do believe that they, you know... They did a little workaround to get players to join the team, but me, I'm all in for it. Like I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah, the one it seems kind of, uh, it seems kind of a weak move by Nick no, Saban. It definitely is. Definitely. Nick Saban has gotten the number one recruiting class ten straight years or something like that. I'm exaggerating, yeah. obviously, but he gets five star recruits. Every single year to that exactly. program, exactly. And, and now, and now that there's a little competition because we have the new uh, name, image, and likeness, you know, uh, exactly. policy or, or or name, image, and license deals that that players are offered, which I agree with. I think that college football has evolved the most in these last ten years. Uh, adding a playoff, which has been a, a huge success, and now this NIL deals for these players that, quite frankly, are risking their li- yeah. risking their bodies, permanent damage to never even go pro. To ne- to might never even go pro, and these players are making these universities millions. So they these players should get it, and. The fact that Nick Saban seems to be crying about this, it seems... It, 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 he, Nick Saban is a champion, and it's, it's beneath a champion to cl- complain about competition. Exactly. And like, like I'm pretty sure like everyone else said, 
Nick Saban hasn't been going on a straight and narrow path to get all these number one recruits for these, what, what was it, 10 years? He's doing something dirty behind the scenes. I guarantee you, if he's not somebody in Alabama is, because yeah. there's, no, there's no possible way that they're getting every single five-star recruit at every position. Exactly. And I think the dumbest thing for Nick Saban to do would be to attack his assistant coach, who is now a head coach at Texas. Jimbo Amy. Fisher, yeah. Like, and he attacked primetime. You believe that? Man, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. Primetime, he... I'm like, when he pulled up on the scene and started head coaching, he started getting all these players. Like, to everybody wanted two. to play with yeah. him. Yeah. Everybody wants to play they with him. They still want to play with exactly. him. Exactly. There's a reason for that. And I think it was money. I, they definitely played that, paid that dude a million dollars to play with him. I ain't gonna lie. Could, but, it, it could be money. But, it could be money. It could be shine. Everybody wants to get next to prime time. Exactly. You know what I too. mean? But like every just like everything, it's a system. You gotta you gotta, you know, work the system a little bit. And this is new. This yeah, is a exactly. new yeah, this exactly. is a new uh exactly. I don't wanna say policy, but this is a new factor in recruiting. Come on, Nick Saban. Have you seen Al- Tim, have you seen Alabama's facilities? It's Man. better than most pro facilities. Man. College makes a lot of money off of for and for the longest years they was making so much money off of these athletes who they just gave scholarships to and they still are the university itself is not paying these players that's true name image and uh likeness is just that a player can uh promote or advertise a local business in Alabama, let's say, or a local business in Texas and they could get a few hundred bucks. You know what I'm saying? A few exactly. thousand bucks if you're a, a you're star quarterback, athlete, yeah. yeah. Actually, if you're a star quarterback, you're probably getting a $100,000. Yeah. To to for a used car dealership, but that money's going to help that player and why shouldn't it? True. And honestly, I don't know. I like the fact that, you know, it's it's an accusation, but that some of these college teams are starting up like a kind of fake company to you know sponsor these players to get them to join their teams. Hey man, I'm all for these li- Dude, these young guys. I, and I totally them. believe that. Yeah. I yeah, totally yeah. I, believe I, that. One hundred percent believe that. And I'm I'm one hundred percent for it. I I like the fact that these athletes are finally getting their money, and I think this is gonna revolutionize like the the NCAA and college sports. And I feel like these players will start to have a better say in the sport. And I think that's what the NCAA, of course, is afraid of. Players have a voice. Just like in the NFL. No, it's, I don't think they're afraid of it. I think Nick Saban is afraid of little competition. <laughs> and that's some weak shit from a champion of the caliber of Nick that's Saban. True, yeah. I mean, come on, man. But I'm saying, think about like the future of the NCAA. Like This could literally revolutionize the NCAA for all sports. Like yeah, but football, athletes, football by far brings the most money to these universities exactly. by far, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, if there's a workaround with these fake companies or whatever, guarantee you Alabama probably did that first, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right? So, but now I'm saying, but think about it though. Like these these athletes come in, and like now they can start making their own money, and then once they advance to the pros, like they'll they'll already be. In the line. Oh, you know what? I th- yeah, they, and then when they make it into the pros, like they'll, they'll, they'll be wiser. They'll yeah, they'll they'll know how to manage this exactly. money. I mean, yeah, that could be a, a positive benefit. But I have no problems with these guys getting money, man. What what's the issue? It's not coming from the university. Exactly. And, and it's, it's still coming from sponsorships. Let, hey, <laughs> fake sponsorships, but it's a sponsorship. Let's be honest, okay. It's a high stakes game in recruiting five star recruits. You have to set yourself apart. And the best way to do it is showing them. Or, You're going to take care of them. Exactly. Right. And the best way to take care of them is straight cash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got these 17, 18 year old kids. We act like in. this is a clean sport. It's not a clean sport. Money gets thrown around all the time with, exactly. with this and that. At least now it's more upfront, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just still mind boggled that he's upset over a little competition. Yeah, 
<laughs> seems like he's whining more they, than anything, yes, right? Yes, yes. What was it Jimbo Fisher said? Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God does his deals. <laughs> that could be quote of the year. Jimbo Fisher did not back down. And I Yo. am so interested in watching this unfold. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, hey, I'm wa- I'm going to be more than interested than watching this unfold on the field. Oh, man. I can't oh wait for God. football. Oh, my God. I can't wait for football, man. You took the words right out of my mouth. Spring spring balls a few months away, guys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait for college football. I can't wait for NFL. I can't wait for the content we'll create for you guys. Yep. And me and Tim were talking about this earlier. We've never been to a big-time college game, and we were thinking about maybe doing it this year and maybe filming it and putting it on YouTube. Let yeah. us know at our IG. TMB.podcast. Closed mouths don't get fed. Hit our line. And now it's time for the best segment of the show, Lock of the Week and Underdog of the Week with Brian Cow. And after watching 30 minutes of golf, I'm an expert now. My Underdog of the Week, Matthew Fitzpatrick. You know why? Because that's an easy name to pronounce. At plus 204, that's a great value. I'm taking him all the way. And my Lock of the Week, you guys know I'm going with the Golden State Warriors. Money line plus 125. Bet it and forget it. And you have all been tuned in to Keeping Score with Tim Jordan and Brian Cow, where we keep you up to date with all things sports. We'll see you guys for another great episode next week. That's a wrap.